Hello, church family. It is good to be with you in this way, coming together via Faith Church Online. But uh, we continue to think of you. I continue to pray for you. I continue to look forward to the day when we'll gather again in person. Uh, But in the meantime, we continue to be so thankful for these means, these technology uh, means of gathering together virtually on Sundays to worship and be encouraged in God's word. So continue to be thankful with me for that truth that the church is not a building or 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 an event, but God's people. And so Faith Church continues forward, has continued forward, because Faith Church is you, followers of Jesus, that are following God, serving him, caring for one another, and living for him in all that you do and say. So good to be with you this morning, church family. Let's get started this morning. I want to start with this question. Has God ever asked you to leave home, leave the familiar, and move? Go somewhere unfamiliar, move outside of the city, outside of your state, into, into the unknown? If so, perhaps you'll, that will help you this morning to relate a bit to the family that we talk about in our scripture passage. If not, if you haven't had that experience, if you've largely been able to live in the same place for a long time, I want you to try to imagine how would it feel to be asked to move? How would, how would it feel? What would it mean for your life? What would be gained, but what would be lost in, in following God's call to leave home and move on somewhere else? This morning is going to give us a chance to wrestle with some, some good things that are, that are common to our spiritual journey. When God calls us, do we follow? Where, where will he call us to? Will that be clear to us where we are going? Or, or will we need to trust him? What will life be like when we get there? What does the future hold that will help us to follow him in faith? Uh, you may know that we're in a series of teaching messages, and our series is called By Faith. And, and this series is a journey through chapter 11 of the book of Hebrews in our Bibles. And, and here in chapter 11 of Hebrews, we find these great reminders of God-loving people living life by faith. And, and living life by faith in such a way that their faith calls them into action. It affects their lives. It affects what they do and say because of their faith, because of their confident trust in our great God. So if you haven't done so already, open your Bibles and turn to Hebrews chapter 11, if you would. Uh, love you to have your Bible open on your lap or your Bible app open. And uh, turn with me to Hebrews chapter 11. And this morning... We start in at verse 8. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 8. Let's read uh, just the first verse, verse 8. By faith, by faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. Uh, we're going to continue through Hebrews chapter 11 here, a few more verses this morning, but, but it's important just for a moment 
uh, to, to know where did this, where do we first read about Abraham? Back in the beginning of your Bible, the first book of your Bible, chap, uh, Genesis chapter 12, I'll read a couple of verses. You can turn there or, or you can just listen if you'd like. And then we're going to come back to Hebrews 11. But we find the story uh, of a man named Abram who later became known as Abraham. Uh, and his story is found in Genesis chapter 12 and following. So let's go back there and just hear just this couple of verses of God's call to him. Genesis 12, verse 1. Now, the Lord said to Abram, go from your country. And here's the hard part, right? Here's the part I think I hope we could relate to. Here's what would be hard about obeying God's call. It says, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house, right? Leaving behind family, leaving behind friends, leaving behind what's familiar. God calls him to go from that country to the land that I will show you. Verse two, and I will make you a great nation. He says to Abram, through you, I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you and make your name great. Why will, it, why will God bless Abram and his descendants? Look at verse two, it says, so that you will be a blessing. God says, I bless you so that you can be a blessing to others. Verse three, I bless you, I, I will, sorry, God continues, I will bless those who bless you and him who dishonors you, I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. This is one of the earliest verses in the Bible that shows us God's heart for the world, God's heart for all the nations. Because right there in verse three, it says that through Abraham and his descendants, through God's people, God wants to be a blessing to all the families on the earth. And so that continues to be the calling for us as God's people, as followers of Jesus, to live lives we are blessed so that we can be a blessing and we can share God's love with those around us. So back to Hebrews 11. Hopefully you kept your uh, Bible open there to Hebrews 11 as well. So now we're at verse nine, Hebrews 11, verse nine. So Abraham, by faith, he went to live in the land of promise. He obeyed, he left what was familiar. He went, even though he didn't know where he was going, it says in verse eight, verse nine, by faith, Abraham went to live in the land of promise. And then verse 9 explains to us what that was like. That Abraham was living as in a foreign land. He was living as an outsider. And then it says he was living in tents with Isaac and Jacob. In other words, he was living a nomadic lifestyle. He and his family had to move and be travelers and be outsiders and never really be settled in what would be the future home of God's people. So in all this uncertainty, in all this nomadic living, in, in living as an outsider, what helped Abraham to follow God's call? What, what, what drew him to obedience? Look at verse 10. Abraham was looking forward to the city that has foundations, whose designer and builder is God. Abraham, look at verse 10. Abraham was looking forward. Forward. I want to suggest this morning that the faith that we um, can, can recognize here in Abraham, that we would ask God to give us, that he would give us a forward faith. 
a faith that even though Abraham demonstrates this, even though his physical life, his physical home was very unsettled and not certain, despite that uncertainty, Abraham has a faith that is forward. His faith is a settled confidence because he believes that God will fulfill his promise. Abraham can be settled even in the midst of unsettledness because he believes that God is who he says he is and that he will do what he says he will do. Verse 11. By faith, Sarah, Abraham's wife, by faith, Sarah herself received power to conceive a child, even when she was past the age. I wish we had time this morning to go into more detail of this story. So I encourage you, later on, turn to Genesis, read the story of Abraham and Sarah, and and especially this, this difficult journey that they were having, looking forward to having children, not being able to have children. And in verse 11 in Hebrews here, it says, that even when she was past the age, the Bible tells us that when she conceived, she was 90 years old, that when they conceived, Abraham was 99 years old. Verse 11 says, she received power by faith, she received power to conceive even when she was past the age, since she considered him faithful who had promised. See, again, we see that faith is a settled confidence. These circumstances of not being able to have a child and getting laid into life and thinking that those times, that time, that window of opportunity had passed, that would have been unsettling. But faith has given Sarah a settled confidence because we can take God at his word. We, we know, uh, if you know the full story, you'll know that there, she may not have always had that settled confidence, but eventually she did. And the author of Hebrews here is praising the faith that she did demonstrate. See, again, it's a forward faith. She says there in verse, or she indicates in verse 11 that she considers God faithful. So she knows that God's faithfulness in the past means that she can count on his faithfulness moving forward. She can have a, faith, a forward faith. Verse 12, Hebrews 11, verse 12. Therefore, I love this line. Again, you got to go read the rest of this story. (laughs) I love this line. Therefore, from one man, referring to Abraham, and him as good as dead, (laughs) referring to him in his older age, right? He's 99 uh, when the baby is conceived. He is 100 years old when their son is born. Verse 12 says, therefore, from one man, Abraham, and him, as good as dead, were born descendants as many as the stars of heaven and as many as the innumerable grains of sand by the seashore. Verse 13, these all, so these people, these, these, these followers of God that are mentioned in Hebrews 11, and in, in particular right now, Abraham and Sarah are examples of this. Verse 13 says, these all died in faith, not even though they had not received the things that they were promised, but they saw them and greeted them from afar. See, this is, this is great to consider because I think we will relate to them that we don't always get to see what God has in mind, that we don't always know where God is taking us. We don't always get to see the end of the story, so to speak. Abraham and Sarah died 
with faith in God, even though these promises had yet to be fulfilled. Abraham and Sarah never saw the promise of God's people getting to move into the promised land, but they lived their lives by faith, knowing that God would do what he said he would do. They never got to see the number of descendants. They never got to see this promise fulfilled that that, that through Abraham, they would become a nation of many, many people. They, They had one son, but they lived by faith. So how how did they do that? Well, verse 13 continues and kind of tells us more. How did they continue to live by faith even though they did not see the promises fulfilled? Verse 13 continues and it says, "They, they acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. See, church family, this is a good reminder for us. Abraham and Sarah understood that they were not home that they were just passing through, that their earthly experience was not meant to be fully settled, but that they were looking forward, that they were journeying through this temporary home, this earthly life, looking forward to their true home, a better home, a heavenly home with God in the future. They understood that this experience of their earthly life then, that they were outsiders in that way, that they were living as foreigners in the land. Verse 14, for people who speak thus, in other words, people that that have this faith, even though they don't see God's promises fulfilled, for people who speak thus make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. If now, what homeland are they seeking? Verse 15, if they had been thinking of that land from which they had come, then they could have had the opportunity to return, right? I mean, depending on their perspective and their trust in God and their faithfulness about the future, even though they weren't sure these promises, they didn't know, weren't going to see the end of these promises, they could have just said, I give up. I'm going back to what's familiar. I'm going back to family. I'm returning to that homeland. Verse 16, but as it is, they desire a better country. That is a heavenly one. So when they set their eyes on the future, when they put their faith, their confident trust in God, they they see they have a forward faith, looking forward to what God will do, knowing that he can be counted on. And the end of verse 16 says, Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared for them a city. See, Abraham's Uh, descendants, Abraham and his family and his descendants experienced life on earth as exiles, as strangers in the land. And this gives us a picture of what we know to be true for us today in a spiritual sense. See, as the story of the Bible unfolds, even in the New Testament, we'll look now at at verses from 1 Peter chapter 2, even in the New Testament, we we, we have this language of being outsiders, of being foreigners in the land, that as followers of Jesus, this is not our true home. So let's look at 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 9. But you, follower of Jesus, are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession. Why? Why are you called out by God? Why are you called into into life with him? So verse 9 continues, so that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness 
into his marvelous light. Verse 10, once you were not a people, once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. See, this is, this is what Abraham and Sarah understood in, in, in our passage, uh, in the story of, of their journey. And this is what we, we would ask God to help us with too. That, that we know what God has done in the past, that if we would reflect on God demonstrating his great love for us through the life of Jesus, that will impact and give us the faith to trust him moving forward. Because the gospel is the good news that God rescues sinners like you and me, broken and rebelling against him. He rescues us, puts us back in relationship with him, through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. And so the more we recognize God's love for us demonstrated through Christ on the cross, the more we recognize God's love and faithfulness for us in the past, that will give us confidence to follow him into the future, even into the difficulties of life, even into unknown destinations of life. Because faith is a confidence in God because we know he can be counted on, because we know he is who he says he is, because he will do what he says he will do, then we can have a a confident trust. That's our faith, a confident trust in God. And that confident trust leads us into action. Recognizing all that God has done for me doesn't cause me to sit back and enjoy the ride, but a growing faith, a confident trust in our great God leads me into action, changes the way I behave, the things that I say, the things that I do. So as we finish up this morning, I want to suggest a couple things. How might these, this reminder that we've gotten today from God's word, how might this reminder that this world is not our true home, that our citizenship, the Bible says this, our citizenship is in heaven, that, that we are just passing through, that God has purposes for this earthly life. It's not to just be dismissed. He's working in us and through us in our time on earth. But if we're reminded this morning that this world is not our true home, that we are to live in light of of God's future for us, that we are to live a forward faith, looking forward to that better heavenly home, then how does that call us into action today? I have two quick suggestions for us. Since this life is not all there is, we ought to have an urgency to share the good news of Jesus with a lost and hurting world. A world that needs the hope that we find in Jesus. If this life, since we know as as God's people that this life is not all there is, that there is a better, glorious, eternal future that God has for his people, that if we know that, our lives ought to be lived with an urgency, with a boldness to declare the, the, the new life that can be found in Jesus Christ, that true life now and life eternal is only found by following Jesus. And our lives ought to have an urgency and a boldness that points to a better heavenly home in the future so that people will find that life in Jesus and enjoy that home in the future. And the second thing I want to suggest 
is that the way that this scripture should, should impact our hearts, that we could ask God for it to, to help us live in a certain way, is this, that since this life, this earthly life, is not all there is, and this one's challenging for almost all of us, we ought to not worry so much about accumulating stuff, material possessions, homes, and, and things that we can have, and wanting more, and building wealth. And we know we can't take these things with us. We know, there's, now there's nothing bad in and of itself of, of earning money and providing for our families and having the things that we need. That's not what I'm talking about. But if we know that this life is not all there is, that God wants us to be, have a forward faith and be looking to the future and be calling people to new life in Jesus, to live with him eternally, then, then I think if we live in light of that, we're less concerned with, with building up, storing up treasure on earth. We won't be able to take these things with us. They're things and what God wants our life to be spent is, is allowing God to work in and through us so that, that we're not accumulating things, but that we're helping people, his people, his loved, created human beings find life in Jesus. So let's ask God to help us do those things. Let me read to you just a couple more verses from, from the passage in 1 Peter that we were reading from a moment ago. We'll continue on. Verse 11. Beloved, I urge you as sojourners, as travelers, as exiles, as outsiders. In this earthly life, you spiritually, as followers of Jesus, are outsiders, travelers through this temporary home. I urge you to abstain from the passions of your sinful nature, of your flesh, which wage war against your soul. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles, honorable. Let your lives be lived among unbelievers in a way that is honorable, in a way that reflects God, in a way that points to him, so that when they speak against you, so that even if you face adversity, church family, even when things seem to be going against you, live your lives in an honorable fashion so that they, those unbelievers, might see your good deeds and therefore glorify God on the day of visitation. May God give us a forward faith. As we look forward to Jesus' return, would that give us a forward faith? And as we look forward to Jesus' return, I pray that we would not live for ourselves, but that we would live to share God's love with others and be proclaimers of the good news of what Jesus has done through his life, death, and resurrection. May God give us a forward faith. May we, recognize, may we recognize that we are blessed by God, cared for, nurtured, counseled, directed, guided, that we are blessed by God so that we can be a blessing to others. Now let's continue to worship. Let's continue to demonstrate our thankfulness to our great God for his work in our lives. Let's do that now in the next few minutes as we, as we worship him through our giving and then in a moment, we will be worshiping him and giving thanks in song. S join in singing right there where you are. In a few moments, we'll have an opportunity to sing and declare that we will follow Jesus, that we will obey his call, even into difficulty, even into an unknown future, 
Let's ask God to give us this forward faith that allows us to cling to him, knowing that he holds the future securely in his hands, that he holds us securely in his hands. We can take him at his word. Lord, give us a forward faith to trust you in all that you're doing.